Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is John 11. You simply can't have Christianity without resurrection. And certainly we think of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but as we're going to see today, he is the resurrection. And it's not only his resurrection that is important. We see Jesus in this chapter we'll look at today, raise someone from the dead, and we consider the future and what the Bible teaches about resurrection for everyone who believes in Christ. So we need to see those things. And as we've been going through John's gospel, one thing I probably should have even been mentioning more than I have is John tells us what the purpose of his gospel is, except he doesn't tell us that at the beginning. He tells us that at the end in chapter 20, he says, um, In the last two verses there, 30 and 31, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So there we see why John is writing this book and even why he's including the things he's including because all the gospels, they don't record everything that Jesus said and did. So every writer is making decisions about what to include and what not to include. And John's saying, I've chosen to include these things so that you may believe. And so even John has recorded several miracles of Jesus, but it's almost like you should see them all leading up. This is the biggest one. This is the crescendo in the way that John writes his gospel, because we're going to start moving away from Jesus and his public teaching and ministry over the next couple chapters, more towards Jesus really teaching his disciples, especially in chapters 13 through 17. But here is kind of the big climactic miracle to make John's point of why you should believe um, that Jesus is the son of God. And it is a miracle of Jesus raising someone from the dead. Now, as we walk through it, there's a few things that I want us to to camp on in this chapter as we consider the resurrection of Lazarus. And and the first is really similar to chapter nine. We get a glimpse behind the curtain into why God does what he does and even why God can allow suffering or death in this world. Verse four, Jesus says, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So Jesus is talking about this particular instance. But if we step back and we look at all that the scripture has to say, we see that's that's a theme. Even you think of James 1, count it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials. God uses difficulty and trial and even suffering to ultimately lead to his glory. And so I think one principle we should draw from that and even seek to apply is when you go through hard things, you should be asking yourself the question, how is God going to be glorified 
in this. And honestly, it should change our perspective when bad things happen, when bad things come into our lives, instead of just being afraid, oh no, what's next? How am I going to make it through this? We should be asking ourselves, oh wow, how is God going to be glorified in this? And we should get on the edge of our seat to look and see God is going to glorify himself in, in this hard thing that is happening in my life How's he going to do it? I can't wait to see how God will bring himself glory. And ultimately, it's it's easy to see how that's going to happen in this chapter as uh, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Now, as he goes to uh, Lazarus and his family, you see he interacts with Martha and Mary. And Martha comes to him first uh, and says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. And then Jesus responds with these amazing words. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And there we see Jesus make an amazing statement about himself. I am the resurrection and the life. And I think it should ring some bells in our mind of um, earlier when Jesus is talking about his relationship to his father and claiming equality with the father. And he talks about how the son has life in himself and the son grants life. He is the resurrection and the life. And we see even a glimpse of what we believe about death and what is affirmed elsewhere in the New Testament, that Christians who die, they will be raised from the dead when Christ returns. And those who live and are alive when Christ returns, they will be changed. They will meet the Lord in the air. They will never experience death in this world because of who Jesus is is. Now, we live in a world where death is a reality. And so this passage should bring comfort to us. Maybe some of you listening, you are grappling with death yourself. And whether it's a specific illness or just old age, you know, man, death starts to is starting to feel like more of a possibility for me. Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that there is more uh, than what is just going on in this life? And does that uh, give you comfort? Does that give you perspective? Is that sharpen your focus on what really matters? And maybe you're listening to this and you've even recently lost a loved one. You've lost someone that you care about. Well, this passage very much connects with a passage like 1 Thessalonians 4, which talks about the, the resurrection that believers will experience at the rapture. And it tells us to encourage one another with these words. Are you encouraged by the reality that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? You should be. And th this passage should be uh, such an amazing thing for us to read. All right. The greatest enemy of man is death, but Jesus has defeated death. He is the resurrection and the life. 
And that should totally change our perspective uh, in a world that is dominated, enslaved even by the fear of death. But in the meantime, we do have to live in a world where death is the reality and there is a real grief that comes with death. Even if you think about a passage like 1 Thessalonians 4, which talks about the resurrection of believers, it makes it clear that there is grief, uh, but it's not like the world grieves because it's not without hope. Just because the grief has hope doesn't mean that it's not grief. And I think one thing that's important as we read this chapter is we need to aim our grief at the right places. Because if you read carefully, you will notice as you read John 11 that Jesus shows grief. Obviously, very famously, this contains the the trivia fact that most of you know. What's the shortest verse in the Bible? John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. But we also just see feeling that Jesus has, even in verse 38, then Jesus deeply moved again. We see Jesus, and even before verse 35, it says he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. Um, We see Jesus, he is grieved. And, And I think a couple things, if you think about aiming your grief at the right places, one thing is when bad things happen, what a lot of people are tempted to do in a very worldly thought is, well, I'm going to be mad at God. I'm going to be mad that God has allowed suffering in my life. We need to just be honest. and, And that's a foolish thing. We should be upset about things like sin. Because where does death come from? It comes from sin. And and being a pastor and and being there when people are are struggling or being in the hospital, visiting people who are dying, I I can testify. Sometimes I walk away from those and I feel things like, man, I hate cancer uh, because of the devastation it can cause. But I also really see, you know what? I hate sin. When you see someone dying, like that is what sin is. Sin is death. And so when we see suffering and and grief in this world and death, we should get upset at sin, not upset at God. And also in other places, we think about aiming our grief. I do think you see in this chapter, Jesus weeping with those who weep and coming alongside those who are grieving. And that's another place for Christians to aim their grief. We shouldn't just be mad at God. We should come along and aside those who are suffering and weep with those who weep and come alongside and share their grief and share their suffering. That would be a response like Christ. And then obviously we see the miracle itself and Jesus is proving that he has the power. It's kind of a leave no doubt thing when he waits till the fourth day, even there was kind of Jewish tradition that the spirit would linger and hover over the body for three days. So he waits longer to make it clear. No, this, there's not, this isn't a resuscitation. This is a resurrection and this is a clear act of God. And then we see the sinful response. Again, uh, the willful disbelief and the refusal to believe is something that is highlighted um, in the gospel of John. And so you see that in that last section of the chapter. And you'll also start to see something that becomes more and more of a theme that even the wickedness of men is not outside of the sovereignty of God. You even see Caiaphas, who is a wicked man. You see him unwittingly 
prophesying there. Verse 51 says, he did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. Um, And so you see Caiaphas with his words, even when he's not intentionally doing it, prophesying about what is going to happen with Christ, showing again, God is in control of all of these situations, even the hostility towards God. God will use ultimately to glorify himself. So let's walk away from John 11 with worship in our hearts and really in awe of our Savior. He is the resurrection and the life. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.